This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. First, I just want to thank you, Darren, Wendy, uh, the kids, uh, for just blessing us with your parents, Luke, and all the rest of the kids. Uh, I am so privileged to be here. I am so humble, humble to be here. And I'm sta- sitting, standing here, and it's like so much running, running through my, my mind, and I want to like like, Holy Spirit, what is it you want to say to us? I mean, I know I got my notes here. I'm going to try to stick to it. I'm going to try to stick to it. But as we were in the back praying, as we were in the back praying, and I think it was Julie, Julie was praying, and uh, <laughs> my brother was sitting next to me, and as we were praying about unity, God asked me, would you die for him? And then he asked me another question, would he die for me? And that's the, re- that's the reality of this resurrection power inside of us. It is to that extent, it is that life, it is that reality God calls us to. Would you die for me? <laughs> Many of us may say, well, I don't know. Well, if your response is, I don't know, it's because you're not living in your inheritance. Christ is not here trying to convince the old man to muscle up some type of strength. No, no, no. He said, Paul said it this way, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ living in me. Paul was no super individual. Paul was flesh and blood like me. Like you, like you, like every single person in this room. But when Christ grabbed a hold of Paul, his life was transformed. You see? So, when you think about even death and think about dying for someone or think about hardship for the gospel's sake, if there's any type of anxiety, any type of fear, that rise up inside of you. You can denounce that immediately and tell that fear that you have been left at the cross of Calvary. We have crossed over. That's not my message, but. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, like Darren said, I was here for, me and my family worship here for 11 years. I remember sitting down back there. I felt like, man, I got gifts. I got something to offer. God, I need to preach. I need to preach, God. You know, I need to preach. And it's like, Dad, ladies, no, 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 could, could, could you gaze into my face? It's not, it's not about that, you know. Could you gaze into my face? Could, could you look at me? No, I need to preach, God. I got gifts. You know, I need to preach. 
My God, for some of us, we say, man, we're making all this music. By now, I shall be known around the world. And God is saying, no, gaze into my face, for I am your redemption. I am your satisfaction. I am your joy. I am your life. And that life is resurrection power. Gaze into my face. We know that now we are in a moment in American history where everything is totally going crazy. And like Darren said, uh, churches from Miami-Dade up to uh, Port St. Lucie, the Treasure Coast, is preaching this message undivided. And uh, I'm pleasured to have the opportunity to put in my little two cents. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I was spending time with God. And I thought about it undivided. So I wrote a little heading, Unity by the Spirit of God works a work of grace. Unity by, I use the word by, because God is a source of it. Man don't have unity apart from God. Man don't have a clue what unity look like apart from Christ. No politician no scientists, the best of the best. Even if a preacher stand on this pulpit and he don't have Christ reigning as Lord and Savior in his heart, he don't have a clue what unity looks like. Not a clue. I like to read uh, John 17, verse 20 through 23. This is Jesus praying. You know, when we're about to pass on and people say, okay, now it's time to write your will. And it's a serious thing when somebody's about to die and they're looking at their kids and they begin to write down their will for their kids. It's a sober, serious, thoughtful moment. And I look at this as Christ is coming to the end of his earthly ministry. And he begins to pray to the Father. And he says this, My prayer is not for them alone. He's talking about his 12 disciples. He said, I'm not praying for them alone, Father. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message or through the preaching of the gospel through through them, that all of them may be one. Father, listen to this. Father, just as, yeah, just as, no lesser degree, just as, again, this is impossible in flesh and blood. So when he says, just as, just as, only God can do this. This is only the work of God. I think, I thought about. All of these different instruments on this platform. And there's a source that runs through these instruments. Power, electricity. And if there is no electricity, all of these instruments work nothing. 
I don't care how much money went into them. I don't care how beautiful they look. Without the source of power or electricity, these are useless. So when God said, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be one in us. It's impossible on our own. But it's the power of God that's working through us as we come to him in humility and say, yes, God, I see that this is possible. I see that this is your will, but I see that it will not be me doing it, but it will be you and me doing it. That's the reality and that's freedom. So again, would you die for me? Will I die for you? And if we are struggling with that, don't be condemned. Because as we travel deeper and deeper into this God, into Christ Jesus, it happens without us even knowing it. It happens just automatically. It's almost like nature. It just comfort. You can't help it to be in the presence of God. To be in the Father and in the Son and the Son to be in us. It just happens. And this will be called grace. Darren just, meant, Darren just was talking about uh, how uh, the earlier leaders was trying to pull back the earlier church back into legalism and, and this practice and this practice. There is no love there. All of those practice was foreshadowing. It was blinded. And it was blinded because Christ has not yet come to live in man. It was powerless. It was just uh, going through the motion. It was just an empty cup with not, no new wine in it. You know? <laughs> so again, just as you are in me and I am in you, May they also be in us so that the, listen to this, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. You hear this? We are responsible for the condition of the world. No, 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 I'm not responsible for what's going on out there. But he just said it. He said that through their oneness, through their unity, it will serve as a testament. It will serve as a, a voice bursting forth in the earth that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he is the Christ. You see? So there is this, this power, this invisible power that as we walk in oneness with God, as we come into this beautiful reality with this king that takes of himself and give it to us and say, son, live your life through me. Daughter, live your life through me. There is this beauty of we, we, we send missionaries all over the world and and that's beautiful. And we, we, we go and we preach the gospel here and there. But we see here 
that Christ is revealing something to us is that our oneness will preach louder than anything we can say if oneness is opposite, if oneness is not present. We're like the Bible talk about when Paul talk about love, we're just making a bunch of noise, you know? We're making a bunch of noise. There's a lot of places people are gathering and there's a bunch of noise and they're working up their emotion. But if there is division in the house, there is no testament to the world. Not just that. There is no testament to demonic forces. So our oneness testify to the world that Jesus is Christ. Our oneness testify to the demonic forces that we are authentic. Jesus I know. Paul I know. Who is you? You see? So sometimes we think that we can just put Jesus' lips on our put Jesus' name on our lips and say, well, okay, uh, in the name of Jesus, cast out demons in the name of Jesus. And the demons right there looking like, you ain't got no authority. Me and you were sleeping together last night. (laughs) But we are in the finest hour. I think that revival is happening Revival is upon us, and God is, is welcoming in us, inviting us into the Father, into the Son, into the Holy Spirit. That when the world sees us, when the world hears us, when we just pass by and our shadow pass by, they will be like, what is that? Sons of God, daughters of God. Because we are one with him. We are one. So it's a father idea. No man can establish this. I can preach all I want. But God must step into, first of all, you must open up your heart. Because God is willing. He is willing to take us in that beautiful, liberating place. But we must open up our hearts and say, hey God, I know you died for me. I read the wonders of Christ. I read what his life looked like. I read about his ministry. I know the history of Christ. I know where he was born. I know the name of his mother. I know all of this. I was like, uh, for the past several days, I was crying out to God. I said, God, show me your face. That's like Moses, you know. Moses was hungry. He's hungry after God. It wasn't about leadership. It wasn't about making his name great. <laughs> He's like, show me your face. And that's, that's where I'm at. I'm like, God, show me your face. Show me your face. I need to see your face, daddy. I need to see your face because you are my transformation. You are my peace. You are my righteousness. Show me your face. The Bible said, as we hunger and thirst after righteousness, 
we will be full. If we knock, the door will be open to us. If we ask for bread, he will not give us a stone. I am so happy that I can stand here before God and say, hey, I'm not running after a name. I'm not running after a ministry per se. I want to see you. That's what Paul said, you know. Paul said, I consider all things to be rubbish. He must have seen something. He must have seen a glimpse of God's glory. He must have seen something that made everything else rubbish. So he said, I'm, I consider, I'm thinking, all of everything I have accomplished, everything that I have known for, when I walk in the street, people hail me, great Saul. Now he comes and he finds life. He finds life. And he said, huh, I consider, he compares everything that he possess, not just his possessions, his very own life, his very own well-being, his very own security. He, he put it all on one side of the spectrum. And then he looks at Christ and he looks at the glory of this majesty, this majestic kings. And he said, I consider this rubbish that I may know you. All of my dreams, everything that I am pursuing, I consider it rubbish that I may know you. And he also said, I want to know him. I want to know him in the, in the power of his resurrection. I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Hold up, hold up. Ah, ah Jesus, I can walk with you. <laughs> we can raise the dead. We can heal the sick. But ah, I don't know but going to the cross with you. No, I can't go to the cross with you. But the good news is this. It's not by power, nor by might, but by his spirit. So for the, for the longest, God is trying to teach us, hey, I'm not asking anything of you. Simply but to trust and yield. You know? I'm not asking nothing of you. I know you're weak in yourself. I know you're insufficient. Paul had to come to this place. Paul said, I try to do good. Evils is always there. Every, every time I try to do, it's like, but he's using the term I. Every time I. Satan, Satan be there like, <laughs> he be like, you can't overcome me, son. You better come with Jesus. You better come with Jesus. So Paul said, <laughs> who shall deliver me from this body of death? And he grabs on to a revelation. He say, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Supposed to be trying to follow my notes here, you know. You know? Okay. 
How do we become one with the Father and the Son? We are welcomed into his very life. The very life of God. The essence of God. We get to touch God. We get to see God in a way the 12th disciple wasn't able to see him when he was walking in his physical form before the cross. We get to touch love. We get to know love. We get to breathe in love. And it casts out everything. 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 Pay attention to time too. So we are, in, we are welcome and invited into his holiness and his sanctification. Christ was sanctified. He was sanctified. There's three characteristics I would really like for us to go over. Three. Three. First, I want to talk about humility. Three characteristics of Christ Jesus. I'm going to need you to jump to uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse, seven through, verse 3 through 7. Watch this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but... To each, but each of you to the interests of others. Humility. Christ is humility. And if we are welcome into the oneness of God, this fruit will always be evident. Humility. And it's there. It is there. But we like, I have to just move out of the way of God, you know. We have to recognize when the flesh is trying to have its way. And the Bible says we shall crucify this flesh daily. There is constantly the war between the flesh and the spirit. And we smack in the middle of this war. For the, flare, for the flesh is enmity against the spirit. The spirit, enmity against the flesh. And I'm right there in the middle. And God is saying, son, just follow me. Follow me. Ah, and you will not fulf- fulfill the lust of the flesh. Just follow me. You know? I think that uh, we live in an age where we try to uh, lessen the glory of God. And we continue to stumble and stumble and stumble. And we say, oh, that's it. That's a part of Christianity. That's a part of growing up. No. When that's happening, we don't have a sin problem. We don't have a sin problem. We have a faith problem. When that's happening, because sin has already been defeated, as far as God's concerned. He freed us from sin. So when we find ourselves falling in weakness, it is not necessarily a sin problem. Are you convinced of the gospel? Do you believe what Christ said? That's what it is. Do you see yourself abiding in God who is holy? So that makes you holy. Do you see yourself abiding in the Christ who is sanctified unto the Father that looks up and says, not my will, but thy will be done? That's our life. You know, that's our inheritance. You feel me? 
So humility is one. I also want to make mention of another characteristic. Love. <laughs> Love. Watch this. Watch the level of degree in love. I want to share a little story. I think that it will fall in line with this. In my earlier days, me and my wife attend a place of worship in uh, first introduction to church, first, first introduction to any leadership, any type of anything. Our first introduction. And I went, we began to go far south. So me and my wife held a meeting with the leader and and uh, he was offended, and he said, listen, how dare you guys come to try to challenge me? And long story short, he pretty much, like, just kicked kick us out of his office, you know? And I was so broken. I was so broken and so disappointed. And then in that same season, God comes, and he gives me a vision. And it, it, was, it felt so real. He comes, and he gives me a vision of me loving this particular person who just broke my heart into pieces. And the love was so, so violent. The love was so pure. The love was so holy. Yes, that's what he got for us. No lesser degree of unity. No lesser degree of oneness. I said, this is how we know. This is our first John 3, 16. This is how we know what love is. This is the definition of love. It's real cool. You can get flowers and roses. Things beautiful, you know? You got a free little ticket to the movie. Uh, huh. But this is the definition of love. This is the church definition of love. No lesser degree. This is my inheritance. This is your inheritance. No lesser degree. This is how we know what love is. This is the example, the expression. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. <laughs> That's the definition of love. This is what we are calling to. It's supernatural. It's spiritual. It's God and man. It's God and man and man and God. This is the degree of love that is in us. And God is saying, could you open up your heart and allow this love to break out? Because it's your freedom. You know that? Love is freedom. When I had that vision, I was so alive. I was so alive for those who maybe have been brokenhearted and, and disappointed and people have done whatever. Grab a hold of the love of God and watch your healing. Watch you begin to pray and intercede for your enemies. You see, it's freedom. It's liberating. We began to walk like Christ Jesus. 
Let me get, I, I, this wasn't in my, not in my note, but when you have time, look it up. First John 2, 6 says this. For those who abide in the Father, they must walk just as Jesus did. So sometimes we try to make an excuse. Well, no, 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 Jesus was divine. Jesus was God. We can't do that. Apostle John told me that if I abide, I can walk. I will walk just like Jesus did. Just like he did. That's what I'm hungering for. Have I obtained it? <laughs> but I'm going after it. So the first question is, do you believe it's possible? Bible says it's possible. But of course, it is not. It's not me. It's not me. It's Christ working in me. It's the life of God in me. So first, do you believe this is possible? Can we really walk like Jesus did? Can we intercede for our enemies while they're spitting in our face? Can we say, Father, forgive them? Stephen did it. A man like me, Stephen, whilst they are stoning this servant of the Most High God, he cries out, Father, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, God, for they know not what they do. Forgive them, God. Forgive them. That's freedom. <laughs> That's life. That's life. Christ died for that life, dear. He didn't die for us to just get a quick ticket, say we're going over yonder because things down here is terrible. We are the answer for the things that's down here. I told daddy, I said, God, you are worthy of the reward of your suffering. And then I repented. I said, God, forgive me for so many times being selfish, so many times being self-centered. Me, 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 me. Not knowing that me, 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 me is broken. Me, me, me is hungry. Me, me, me is weak. Christ is my strength. Christ is your strength. Christ is the church life. I tell God, I say, God, it wasn't about me up here. I'm a man. I used to be like, I was back there 10, 10 years. I like Darren. Darren ain't calling me. He don't see the gifts on my life. He don't see the calling on my life. He need to call me to preach. That alone shows that, hey, let's go a little deeper, son. It ain't about that, son. It's not about your gifting, son. Are you ready to die for the people you're talking, talking to? Are you ready to lay down your life for them? Are you ready to intercede? I say, Daddy, I'm ready. I'm ready, Daddy. Let's see what time I'm supposed to wrap this up. My wife said, make sure you honor the time when you go up there. Don't get carried away. 
<laughs> I thank God for my wife. Listen, throughout our marriage, I was the most knuckleheaded. <laughs> I tell you the, the truth. It's only because of her faith we are together. I can boast in that reality. Sometimes I look at God and I cry. You know, I look at my kids and I'm like, man, what would it be like if I was divorced and maybe another person was growing up my kids? Anybody in here who's going through any type of marital difficulties in thinking about divorce, remember that Christ is the healer. You don't have a marital problem. You have a God problem. Not a marital problem. A God problem. God transform man. God transform woman. Transform people go into a marriage. Transform people express the life of Christ towards each other. So you never have a marital problem. You have a God problem. You need to see the Messiah. You need to see his face. You need to see his holiness. You need to see his righteousness. And transformation comes. and you find yourself statistic even shows that most most people who go into a second marriage or a third marriage uh, there's a higher chance for them to get divorced again because why broken you're broken you came into a marriage broken and your brokenness is the absence of God you may have some stuff that you brought through your life and through what you experienced and I apologize if I'm going down this road I'm supposed to be speaking undivided and I am preaching it because the world looks at us and they're like hold up you you guys have God man you guys looking like us you guys acting and behaving like us This is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of liberation. This is God telling us that he is our life. He is our source. He is our righteousness. My righteousness is as filthy rags. Jesus' righteousness is the true righteousness. So I lean upon him. I enter in. Selflessness, another characteristic. John 6 38. Listen to this. For I have not come down from heaven. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of the Father. Selfless, self, selflessness. Again, it's a great decree. It's not simply, well, oh, I got a sandwich. I'm going to give you half. Even though I'm hungry and I got to really like eat all of this, but now you can have half. No. The definition of selflessness is my will is swallowed up. And I look to Christ and I say, Christ, lead me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Not my will, 
but your will be done because I know your will towards me is perfect I know that you love me you prove it for me on the cross you shed your blood I know that you cannot leave me astray I trust you fully not my will but your will because my will most of the time is just rooted in a bunch of selfishness brokenness only if I can get this or get that maybe I can be more happy or I can be more complete but not my will your will and that's wealth you see when you see, uh, Darren made mention of it about us letting go and grabbing a hold it's the reality we let go of what we think is life we grab a hold of Christ I'm going to wrap this up. I'm being reminded of the rich, young ruler. He runs up to Jesus. Good master, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? Jesus said, ah, you know. You know the commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart. Honor your mother and your father. Uh, Do not commit adultery. And He said, oh, Jesus. I did this for my very youth. Jesus, oh yeah, you did. Wonderful. Sell all you have. Follow me. Ah, no, no, no. The Bible said he went off crying because he looked at his possession and he felt like this possession was life. He felt like this that made him the things made him of significance. He found joy fake joy in his possession he found fake rest in his possession he found fake significance in his possession he found fake security in his possession and you got the king of glory right smack in front of him follow me sell that follow me and he rubbed himself he rubbed himself so the kingdom is God the kingdom of God is like unto a merchant this is this is my mentality this is my spirit this is what I'm this is where I want to remain the kingdom of God is like a merchant looking for fine treasure and when he find that one of great value he goes and he sells everything why we have to sell everything because everything apart from Christ is but rubbish and we let God give us we let God come and give us what life is so he sells everything the Bible says and he goes off rejoicing he sells everything and he purchased that treasure so I am at the place now where I'm like God I want to sell everything whatever is you don't have for me no big deal take it away and help me to not even want it and the things that you got for me oh give me the heart to love it some of us we make our own decisions where we want to live uh, America is I mean Florida is so expensive and we just run it's like no we gotta like stop and be like God my life is my life belongs to you it ain't about oh the homes over there is <laughs> Oh my God, the home's over there. It's probably a little bit more cheaper. I can see me and my family prospering financially. So that's the wisdom of the world. We made a decision on the wisdom of the world. 
and we didn't stop and say God I want your wisdom and if I got to stay in South Florida and eat bread and butter if that's your will for me I know that your glory abides right there I just want to pray so let's be that merchant and not that rich young ruler the contrast between the two is so so different God I thank you want more of you Jesus we cry just like Paul after seeing signs and wonders and miracles and he still cries out oh I want to know you better oh I want to know you better oh I want to know you better holy 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 I want to know you better where there is division it's just proof that God is not in the center of it. When God comes, everything changes. When God comes, love comes. When love comes, love wipes away everything that is opposite of God. Love does it. Love does it. Love. All of our experiences swallowed up in Christ Jesus all of our disappointments swallowed up in Christ Jesus all of our shortcomings swallowed up in Christ Jesus everything swallowed up then we get resurrection life Christ Jesus is our resurrection life we are spiritual beings in this earthen vessel and Christ Father, Son, and Holy Spirit lives in us and we live in Him. I thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome, man. So good. So good. Let's give it up for Julio. That was amazing. So good. You know, when when the word of God is opened up, there's like a window and we want to take advantage of that window as we we close and you're going to be free to to go here. But as they play for just a couple of minutes, um, as we wrap up this morning and those that are watching online, let's take a step, you know, because if you hear something, it's and it moves you. You don't just stay seated. You take a step. So. The thing that I was thinking about was the the enemy one. That was really, there was really something on that and the posture of Jesus in humility and love, preference of others, and just aligning with that heart. So if you're in this room today and there's there's been that kind of a thing happen in your life, could we just sit with that for just a minute I'm not going to pray. I'm just going to I'm going to just say this and then they're going to just sing for a couple of minutes and you're free to go. But God, we just want to sit with that. And 
lets you come and do what you can do. Amen, amen. Listen, God bless you guys. Have an amazing Sunday. Next Sunday, Harbor Home, gather in your houses. Friends, family, maybe neighbors. Be there for the next two weeks because we have a fifth Sunday this month. It's beautiful. We're going to have an informational meeting about how to even launch a Harbor at Home group um, in December. So we'll get you more information on that. God bless you guys. Have an amazing Sunday. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.